Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The L.A. Dodgers lost arguably their best postseason pitcher to season-ending surgery. Are we expecting too much of Jalen Hurts? And the Yankees have fallen back to earth in a humbling way. You hate to see it. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The LA Dodgers beat the Milwaukee Brewers 4 to nothing on Monday night, but it was a loss they suffered that will resonate for the rest of the season. Walker Bueller is going to have season-ending elbow surgery, and this is a huge blow for a Dodgers team that fancies itself as a World Series contender. With Locked On Dodgers, Jeff Snyder joins me now. and, and Jeff. Um, the Padres who are chasing the Dodgers are not going to have their superstar player. This is a frontline pitcher that the Dodgers are going to lose. How do they make up for this loss? Well, the good news is they've already started making up for it. They haven't had Walker Bueller for the last couple months. And even when they did, he wasn't good this year. And so everything they've done, you know, it's easy to see this as a big blow, but everything they've done so far this year, which is, you know, first team to 80 wins, uh, easily the best record in baseball, best ERA in baseball, you know, specifically when we're talking about pitching, all of that was done without Walker Bueller, essentially. In fact, their team ERA gets better now that Bueller's out. Bueller, uh, there are only three guys on the active Dodgers roster with worse ERAs than Walker Bueller had this year. And that's Reyes Maranta, who is going back to the minor leagues soon. Uh, uh, Phil Bickford, who's going back to the minor leagues soon, and Craig Kimbrell, who people want his head on a stick. You know, uh, that's where Bueller would fit in right here. Now, obviously, what we were hoping was that Bueller would come back healthy. He has a history of being really, really good in the postseason, if you believe in that particular superpower. Uh, you know, we were hoping that his struggles this year were related to the elbow problems and that he would get healthy and come back and give them a boost. But really, all we're talking about here is not getting that boost uh, because they weren't necessarily relying on him and he hadn't really contributed that much this year anyway. We have seen Walker Bueller not just pitch, but pitch well in the postseason. So where does that burden fall for this for this Dodgers pitching staff now? Where can they turn to get those those crucial innings in a series with the Mets, in a series with the Braves when it's all on the line? Yeah, and, and like I said, they do have the best ERA in baseball this year, including the best starters ERA. And so Julio Urias has been really, really good this year. Uh, Phil, Tony Gonson has been really good. Tyler Anderson has been better than anybody could have hoped for. Clayton Kershaw is hopefully going to be back. And maybe the biggest wild card in all of this is Dustin May, who has been out since last May with Tommy John surgery. He will be making his season debut. He just finished his rehab stint on Sunday. He's making his season debut this coming Saturday in L.A. against the Marlins. In his uh, rehab stint in AAA, he was dominant. He's throwing 9,900 miles an hour. He's striking out a ton of guys. He's added a bunch of muscle. He looks, he looks great. I saw him in person uh, when Oklahoma City was playing in Salt Lake a, a couple weeks ago. He looks great. His stuff looks really good. And so... You know, we're we're not going to expect Dustin May to go in and be their number one starter in the postseason, but I think uh, I expect Dustin May to be significantly better than Walker Bueller was earlier this year. Maybe not what we were hoping to get from Bueller, 
But I think Dustin May can kind of fill that gap. And then the rest of that gap, I think they're counting on the offense to fill that gap. You know, there's two ways to, well, there's one way to win a game is to score more runs than their, your opponent. And there's two ways to do that. Score a bunch or don't allow very many. And the Dodgers have been really good at both of those things this year. And the offense is clicking. Max Muncie is clicking. Cody Bellinger's showing signs of getting it together. And, you know, the the offense, obviously in a series against the Mets, nobody's going to knock Jacob DeGrom around. But I, I feel good about the Dodgers' chances of scoring enough runs to win and having enough pitching to get the job done. You're, you're really not doing a great job of helping me sell this. There's something wrong with the big, bad Dodgers, Jeff. That you're really not helping my case on this one. Maybe we should talk beforehand next time and get you a better angle to start with, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I'm feeling good about it because, like, like I said, they haven't had Bueller all year, and they've done great. And so it's a really good baseball team, and anything can happen in the postseason in a short series. But the Dodgers are a really good team. And they're going to be the favorites for a good reason because they're the best team on paper. And it's just a matter of translating that from paper to on the field. And who knows what's going to happen there. Stay up to date on the LA Dodgers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Dodgers podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, are we expecting too much of Jalen Hurts this year? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Let's look at some NFC East futures. The Dallas Cowboys have the shortest odds to win the division, but only by a little bit. Bet Online has the Cowboys at plus 130 right behind them. Bet Online has the Philadelphia Eagles plus 160 to win the East. The Washington Commanders plus 500 and the New York Giants plus 750. Round up Bet Online's NFC East division winner odds. Bet Online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The battle for golf is escalating. According to reports, Tiger Woods is scheduled to meet with several of the top golfers in the world Tuesday in an effort to rally support around the PGA Tour in its ongoing battle with the rival Live Golf Series. A player who was invited to attend the meeting told ESPN that it will include many of the top 20 players in the world and a handful of other influential PGA Tour members who haven't defected to Live Golf. It will take place shortly after a previously scheduled PGA Tour Players Advisory Committee meeting at Wilmington Country Club. Of course, the commissioner is scheduled to also meet with the group of players sometime on Wednesday, according to reports. Stay here for the Gipper. Is that is that something? Can we do that? No, probably not. But this situation is only getting uglier and wilder by the day. Brooklyn Nets all-star guard Ben Simmons and his former team, the Philadelphia 76ers, reached a settlement agreement on the grievance Simmons filed to recoup a portion of the nearly $20 million withheld from him as a result of his failure to play games in the 2021-2022 season. You know how you get paid to do a thing, and if you don't do the thing, you don't get paid. Philadelphia had repeatedly insisted that Simmons was in breach of his contract under the collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and the NBA PA and had the right to recoup the money advanced to him before the season. After Simmons made a trade request, the 76ers maintained Simmons breached his player contract upon failing to show up for the start of training camp and refusing to play during the preseason and regular season. Again, that whole pesky paid to do a thing, not doing the thing. The sides entered into an arbitration process but reached a settlement agreement prior to judgment. 
The Texas Rangers fired manager Chris Woodward on Monday amid a season of dissatisfactory progress despite the investment of more than half a billion guaranteed dollars in the free agent market over the winter, the team announced. The Rangers occupy third place in the AL West with a 51-63 record. Woodward, after his fourth consecutive year with a losing mark, will be replaced by third base coach Tony Beasley, who has been named interim manager through the remainder of the 2022 season. The Rangers have played far better than last year's 60-102 record, but their 6-24 record in one-run games would be the second-worst single-season winning percentage in such finishes since 19. 1900. A lot has happened since 1900. A lot of baseball has been played since 1900. That's really bad. And on the diamond, the Seattle Mariners took on Shohei Otani and the LA Angels. Well, if you want to get an idea of what it's like to root for the Angels in 2022, just watch the highlights from Monday's game against the Mariners, but just watch the highlights from the ninth inning. Hey everybody, it's Mike Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels, and Monday night's game against the Mariners was actually a really great game. Shohei Otani was on the mound, he went six innings, he struck out eight. Luis Castillo was on the mound for the Mariners, and he went six innings, and he looked incredible, struck out nine. And it was a 2-2 ball game until the ninth inning, and then the Angels just completely fell apart. Two errors. They didn't have somebody covering home plate, and the Mariners ended up scoring four consecutive runs, and they won the game 6-2. to two. It's been a tough season in Anaheim, and this game is a great example of why it's been so tough. And it wasn't just on the players, but it was also on the manager, Phil Nevin. He doesn't bunt runners over, he doesn't pinch hit for somebody, and then this person that he doesn't pinch in for, Steven Duggar, watches a fastball go down the middle of the plate with runners on and the potential to win the game. It's just, it's a mess. And we can't wait for this season to end and start fresh next season. We're going to talk all about it on Locked on Angels, and we hope that you'll join us. Here is another story you need to know. Last season, the Philadelphia Eagles made a surprise trip to the playoffs and then in the offseason made some splash moves, including going out and trading for star receiver A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts, a lot on his shoulders this season. He goes out in his first preseason game and starts a perfect six for six, leads a touchdown drive, and now we are off and running with the Eagles hype train maybe driving the Eagles hype train, our friend Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles. Gino, when I look at this team, I see a team that can go as far as its quarterback will take it. Set reasonable expectations for Jalen Hurts for me this season. I would say reasonable expectations are to believe that he can get you to a playoff game and at least win you one playoff game. And you look at the outlook of the NFC as a whole, this time last year, I would say it was a lot more competitive than it is now with the uh, landscape at quarterback. You look at the Packers, you lose a guy like Devontae Adams. There's a lot of playmakers that have left this conference had all to bring the up while. the Adams thing, didn't you, I, I had to. He, he's my favorite. I, I'll be sad to see him leave the NFC as well. But you look at the landscape as a whole and the Eagles, who, in my opinion, and if you look on paper at all the additions they've made, have improved while these other teams, even in the division as well. You could say Dallas has taken a step back. Who knows what the Giants are going to be in year one under Brian Dable. And Washington, much like with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, 
who knows how far Carson Wentz could take them or limit them. So look at what the Eagles have, and you bring in A.J. Brown to complement Devontae Smith. You bring in Jordan Davis to be that piece to the defense, which will open up the rest of the chessboard for all of the other guys to operate in one-on-one situations. And you might have lucked into arguably the best draft pick in Kobe Dean, who if perfectly healthy is a first round caliber player who will start right away that you got on day two in the third round, which is truly unbelievable. And that all sets up the Eagles for a situation where you're saying you got to the playoffs last year, you had a letdown against Tampa Bay, who is one of those upper echelon teams. Did those moves get you to maybe the next step? I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders just yet, but a playoff win at the end of this season, I believe that's exactly where Jalen Hurts' trajectory should take them. So I, I think if this team does not get to where you're saying, if, if mm-hmm. they don't get to where they want to go, let's say win the division or at least get to the playoffs and, and win a game, I think it will be because Jalen Hurts is not the guy that the Eagles hope that he is. Do you see it the same way? If they don't meet expectations, why would that not be theoretically? I would say you have to look first, of course, at the quarterback situation. And I use this analogy on my show a lot. It's like in Formula One. These companies like Mercedes, Red Bull, they set up these cars with multi-million dollar engines and they fine-tune them. And sometimes the guy driving the car isn't the correct individual to be behind the wheel. The Eagles have brought in A.J. Brown. They have one of the best offensive lines in football with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and the plethora of other weapons they have as well as an improved defense. The guy driving the car, if he keeps them on the tracks and keeps them in the right lane and doesn't steer to the side and put them in a wall, I think that's where Jalen Hurts can take them. Now, you can't put it all on one guy. This isn't the NBA. I would say if they were – to go below expectations, the quarterback would be number one. Let's say the offensive line has some injuries. Let's say the defense in a year where they're transitioning from more of a 4-3 base to a 3-4, an odd look, maybe that transition is a little tougher. But all of the pieces that they have would say that they can get it done everywhere else. Now can the guy driving the car keep them out of the wall and keep them in contention for a podium? And Jalen Hurts, he'll have no excuses after this year, and he's not a guy that will shy away from that competition. If you've seen what he has went through in his time in Alabama, all the different offensive coordinators he has gone through in his time as a quarterback between Alabama, Oklahoma, and now the Eagles, he is going to step up to the test. And just what we saw in that preseason game, a a couple of those questions we had, can he stay in the pocket? Can he fix his mechanics? Can he get into a rhythm as a passer? Well, I know it's just a little glimpse of it, but if he continues on that trajectory and that arc that we have seen so far, let's hope that we're not having a quarterback controversy come this time next year. Stay up to date on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Eagles podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, just how far have the Yankees fallen? Not long ago, we were talking about the Yankees vying for 120 wins. Now Yankees fans are nervously checking the standings to see just how many games they are ahead of the next best team in the AL East. As Stacey Gatsoulias and Abby Mastrocco cover the Yanks daily for Locked on Yankees, they see this year's team being not all that dissimilar to last year's. 
you know, here's what I've noticed. Because we just talked about how the Yankees were finding ways to win previously. And now they're finding ways to lose. <laughs> well, but, yeah, they kind of are. But, Brian, I mean, Brian Cashman talked about how at the trade deadline, he talked about how they're never really out of games. But now they're and, – and that's true for the most part because some of these losses were tough, close losses. You look at that loss against um, Seattle last week, that marathon game. But when they lose, they're, like, there's a few losses where they're just getting thumped now. Yeah. And that was not happening earlier this season. They weren't getting, like, totally stomped on like they have been a couple times in the last few weeks. Right. For the most yeah. part, what Cashman said still rings true. But now, you're right, they are just finding ways to lose. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a fun thing to watch mainly because it would be easier if they were like this all season but they went from one extreme to the other like they've gone from being a team that was on an unachievable 120 win pace to playing like one of the worst teams in the league for two weeks now and it's like what is happening here it's really really odd the um you know we talked about last year where they would do that where they'd rattle off a bunch of wins then lose a bunch of games and it feels like that feeling again. Yeah, these big market teams spending all of this money, having some bad luck, some bad things happen to them. There are fan bases in a lot of cities right now playing the world's smallest violin. They would kill to have the problems the Yankees and the Dodgers have right now. And speaking of killing, <laughs> death, taxes, and Alabama being ranked number one. Well... Okay, maybe it's not that automatic, but it feels like it, right? The Crimson Tide are number one in the Associated Press preseason college football poll for the second straight season and ninth time overall. Ohio State is number two with six first place votes from the media panel and defending national champion Georgia is in third with three first place votes. Clemson number four, Notre Dame ran out the top five, setting up a tantalizing opener at Ohio State on September Third, it does feel like that top four, we should just write in pen, skip to the end of the season, play the playoffs. Those are the best four teams. Those are probably going to be the four teams in it at the end. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who's looking good in the NFC North? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.